welcome to this week's episode of the Movie Digest. I am JQ. And I'm Finn. And this week is our top five Fight the Power. So as it's Guy Fawkes week, remember the member the 5th of November. Gunpowder Treason and Plot. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we should do top five rebellion films. So people rebelling against either the state or some sort of oppressive thing, Mm. but not a bad guy. Yes. Yes, so no die hard. No die hard. Okay. <laughs> We've kind of made a rod for a run back with that, haven't yep. we? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I went first last time, so you can go first. Cool. There's going to be crossover. There definitely will be. There definitely will be. I'm fairly sure we'll have three or four of the same yep. ones in there. Um, I th- it's really hard because there are, there are actually a lot of movies around the subject in varying degrees. Yeah. But looking through a lot of the lists of ones that people would consider the best ones. I've not seen an awful lot nope, of them. Nope, nope, nope. So the ones, I've le- probably left off some really obvious ones, but these are the five that made the biggest impression on me. Okay, yep. That I kind of enjoyed. So kicking off the top five, number yep. five, Equilibrium. That's that sounds so good. Okay, straight away. It's a great movie. Oh like, yeah, I love it. I think it's really underrated. Definitely. And it's like, it's definitely a bit of a cult classic. Yeah. So it's from like 2000, 2001. So it was like kind of not long after The Matrix. Yeah. Um, and it had that really kind of like gothic, slick kind of leather and yeah. stuff so, style that The yeah. Matrix had. And sort of ang- um, angular buildings. Felt a bit like Blade Runner, but during the day. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a great film. And the the martial arts that are in it, I think, are beautiful. This whole mm. thing called the gun kata. Yeah. Or of like the optimal way of fighting a group of people yeah. is incredible. And Christian Bale's fantastic in it. Yeah. Um, it's they got, set fire to the Mona Lisa at one point? They burn a lot of art yeah. in it, probably. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, I think it And of course, Sean Bean, uh, spoiler, dies. <laughs> <laughs> As he does in every single That's not movie. It's Sean Pertwee. No, Sean Pertwee. Sean Bean's in it as well. Sean, oh. Sean Bean's his mate that has the book of poetry near the start. I can't remember that bit. Who's also one of the, like, the government oh. enforcers. Ah, okay. And it's through Freedom his... James. <laughs> Not the first time he's died at the start of a film. No. <laughs> Sean Pertwee's really good in it, yeah. actually. Playing like the kind of like big brother overlord type thing. I kept thinking he's going to say, for everything else, there's MasterCard. <laughs> <laughs> he's... he's got a fairly prolific career now as a British voiceover artist, doesn't he? He did MasterChef for a while, didn't he? Did he? Pretty sure. Oh, now he's Alfred in Gotham, so he's back Ah, on screen rather than behind the... Must have said that hell, I didn't know he was in that. Uh, He's not. I think I talked about that a couple of months ago. Um, But anyway, Equilibrium, if you've Mm -hmm. not checked it out, it really is worth checking out. It's the kind of thing that'll be on Netflix and I don't think it'll have like the highest rating, but it's totally excellent. I enjoyed it. Really, really good. Uh, number four for me is Cry Freedom. Not seen that. Which is a movie um, based on the real life happenings of the apartheid regime okay. and the death of freedom fighter Steve Biko, who's in the movie played Political. by Denzel Washington. Uh, yeah. Um, but I remember seeing it when I was in high school in modern studies as part of... Uh, uh, we, we'd looked at apartheid and the kind of regime in South Africa that had been running for years and yeah. we watched that at the end of the term and it left a really big impression on me and it's really interesting because a lot of those things you're not privy to you don't you're not really told about them growing up yep. and all these kind of things so it, it, if you can see that on screen it's quite visceral the same way that I, I've never never really 
got the trauma of what it would be like being on the D-Day landings yeah. in the Second World War. Yeah. But you watch the opening to Saving Private Ryan, you're like, yeah. that's hell on earth. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. horrible. Um, and it's the same watching Cry Freedom yeah. um, with, with the stuff that's going on. You're just like, how can people be this cruel to each other? And obviously we know that's kind of ended more happily now with the end of the apartheid regime and Nelson Mandela and all the rest of it. So yeah, um, but it's it's in terms of acting as well, it's it's got Kevin Klein in it and Shaun of the Dead's mum plays Kevin Klein's wife in no, it, right. uh, okay. Penelope Walton um, and uh, Denzel Washington. I think yeah. he might have won the Oscar for it, playing Steve Biko. It's, it's very good, yeah. very good. Um, number three for me is The Last Samurai. Ah, no, I've seen, seen that one. one. To me, this could have been one of about any of about four different movies, which yeah. are American soldier gets captured by the enemy, fights for the enemy yeah. against the, you know, the American military metaphor, whatever it is. So it could have been Dances with Wolves yeah. or The Last Mohican yeah. or even Avatar uses the same yeah. storyline. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for me, The Last Samurai is my favourite of the three. Have, you, have you seen Tom- the massive um, oh, what's, uh, things that should not be? No. There's a scene they're in a big field, they're all lined up, and then a horse rides through a load of people. And as it turns, he, the horse just kicks someone right in the face. Really? Yeah, it's not supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the start of Last Samurai? I can't remember. It's in the middle of the film somewhere. Okay. But just look at it on YouTube. It just, it just kicks an extra right in the stomach. Wow. Or the face. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> it's, it's a really good movie. Have you seen Last Samurai? No, I had to rip bits of it for a job but I haven't seen all the way through it's really really good and Tom Cruise is great and it is great cast as well Ken uh, Watanabe who is in like Inception and he's the Ra's al Ghul at the start of Batman Begins uh, okay yeah a yep, Japanese yep. actor who's yep. uh, he's fantastic in it and it's just, it's, just, it's a really good movie um, Billy Connolly's in it as well weirdly <laughs> um, but it's uh, Last Samurai is absolutely fantastic film number two for me is, is getting into more familiar ground The Matrix second crossover yeah <laughs> they had to be in there to yeah. me it's like it's just it's one of the best films ever made and as a as a metaphor for fighting the power like this oppressive yeah. not just a regime but like race yeah <laughs> like the human race is enslaved by the computers so i it just, but i mean we've talked about the matrix ad nauseum but it has to be on there it's amazing it has to be on there. and you're rooting for neo one morpheus and that all the way through it um but number one be disappointed if this isn't a crossover is Star Wars uh, I deliberately left it off my list ah okay well, there, that's very kind of you um, it could have been I suppose any one of the I was going to go original the three Jedi. well it's my one's Empire Strikes Back because I think that's like the kind of like biggest battle one you know it starts but with the massive at the end y- yeah but I think you you need to see it like in terms of the whole trilogy yeah. kind of thing true Um, but like the battle in Hoth at the start is cool like have I you just... played uh, star wars battlefront no i haven't oh god it's so good <laughs> so you get to run around on battle yeah. of hoth yeah oh so good <laughs> but it's really good because it's like i mean the whole of star wars is like a kind of allegory for yeah. like that fighting the power yeah exactly and um yeah it's great but i'm sure there'll be more star wars chat oh yes to come later on later on yes so my top five fight the power number five was hunger games yeah, yeah. i can I see that i really like hunger games but they're fine. Like, yeah. they're good. I just, I wouldn't put them in a top five list anywhere. Meat and potatoes is fine. <laughs> it's a staple. I like uh, Hunger Games. Um, Any particular one? They're all the same, really, aren't they? Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. Battle Royale, but a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> but they're fighting a tyrannical person. Government, yeah. Run yeah. by the president. 
Uh, number four was Equilibrium. Yep. Uh, number three, as far as this, you didn't this didn't come across, was uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, I did think about that one. I I don't think of it as much as a kind of fighting the power movie, but I suppose it's it is. It's fighting the state, isn't it? Yeah. But it, I mean, because for me, it's more on a kind of like individual level between Jack mm. Nicholson and then the matron that's on the ward. Mm. Um, yeah. I'd, it's a phenomenal movie, though. It's incredible. And he gets a lobotomy at the end. Spoilers. <laughs> you need to say spoilers before you give the spoiler away. I'll edit it, so it's the other way around. Um, but I mean, like, the movie is, like, what, like, 35, 40 years old now, so yeah, if, you, if haven't you haven't seen, seen it by it, now, yeah. it's... It's, a, it's such a good film, Jack. It's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, number one was Return of the Jedi. Cool. Uh, I thought I'd put something different. But you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I mean, there were quite a lot of... There, there are a lot of them. Yeah. And so ones that I've seen even just recently that I kind of enjoyed. They all seem to be single word ones. That seems to be the way that you go if it's... Um, Such as? Uh, well, like uh, Selma, um, Pride, Milk, Hunger, Gandhi, like all of these, ah, okay. fit, yep. you know, yep. like yep. they're all... Um, they're all good examples of kind of fight the power movies yep. and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, one that I purposefully left off just because I really don't like it is V for Vendetta. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I couldn't say, but I know that is what it's, 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 what it's about. I don't, I don't know what it's about. What am I talking about? It's, I mean, given that we preluded this whole chat about yeah. Guy Fawkes Night, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like the most obvious choice. Yeah. I just, I really wasn't a fan of it. No. I loved the graphic novel. Because mm. um, I think it's an Alan Moore book. So the guy did like Watchmen and all yeah. that kind of thing. But it was the Wachowski brothers that adapted it. And I just, I really didn't like it. I don't know why I never watched it. It's never, it's never on my radar, really. Yeah. It's got a good cast. Hugo Weaving, surprisingly, yeah, good. plays V. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Natalie Portman, who plays Evie. And there's like Stephen Fry's in there. And it's a really good cast. And maybe I need to revisit it because it was 10 years ago it came out. Okay. I need, maybe need to rewatch it. I just I didn't like it at the time. So that's why I left that one off. But yeah, there's quite a lot of good ones out there. There you go. Moving on to <laughs> uh, films that we've seen. I've seen two. <laughs> well, you start then. You kick off. I saw, um, uh, I watched San Andreas with The Rock. Mm. But I clicked on the wrong link and downloaded, I mean, streamed legally, um, San Andreas Fault. Right. Did Is that like year. the sci-fi fake that they did of it? Yeah. <laughs> I started watching so it and How long were you into it before you realised The Rock's not in this? Well, I was like, the title credits, I thought, these titles look a bit rubbish what's going on and then it was inside a house and the house it was <laughs> god it was awful i mean at, at what point do they go this this is rubbish why are we even bothering making this like the worst graphics you've ever seen yeah the worst acting you've ever seen there's like no this isn't the right film <laughs> so then i got the right one uh carly minogue's in it inexplicably wow for five minutes okay before she uh walks out of a door and you don't see her again but okay. basically, the premise of the film is The Rock is a search and rescue pilot. Right. So he rescues someone at the start of the film. It's all dramatic. And yeah. oh, how do they do that? Oh, that's amazing. And then then the earthquakes all start. And then The Rock basically stops doing his job, abandons his post to then go and rescue his family. Yeah. And then it flies like 900 miles <laughs> from Los Angeles to uh, um, San Francisco. 
It's like you, you've completely neglected your duty in saving people. That, I, I quite like apoc- apocalyptic movies where that does happen. Cause yeah. There was a movie that came out a number of years ago called 2012, which has got John Cusack in it. Yes. So basically the same principle. Exactly the same. It's like to hell with humanity. I'm just yeah. saving my family. There's <laughs> <laughs> something quite noble in that, I suppose. But So it's got Paul Giamatti in it and his character and all of his scenes are completely irrelevant. Really? Because especially to say there's an earthquake coming. Yeah. So but, he's doing it just for the exposition. Yeah. And, and none of, no, nothing he does saves anyone's life. Okay. Or does anything more important than, than say, even he even says there's an earthquake coming, but then no one knows. <laughs> and, no, and then all of a sudden everyone disappears. Like when you're following the two main characters through San Francisco, escaping the city, suddenly just everyone goes and it's just them on their own. Weird. It's it's a bit, it's, it's fine, but it's a bit weird. Does The Rock go crazy in the final 15 minutes of the film? No. Ah, that's a shame because that's oh no he does yeah he oh does, good yeah because oh, that's that's a staple the yeah. rock's always like a mellow character yeah, yeah he does and then yeah. for the final action set piece he goes crazy and yeah. becomes the rock yeah. and then does something which is always worth waiting for in a rock movie yeah it does happen so yeah so that's that's the rock and the other one I not that's not the rock that's San Andreas San Andreas featuring the rock and the other film I saw was Hotel Transylvania 2 mm. with the kids I did see the trailer for that in the mm. cinema and it just made me want to punch Adam Sandler in the face. Yeah. The first one, the first film's okay. Okay. It's got an interesting premise, like a hotel for monsters, because all the humans are trying to get them. So the, the first film's great. The second film is just Adam Sandler trying to get his baby, his grandson to become a vampire. And you know what's going to happen at the end. Mm. And it's just... Ugh, there's so many things in there that started... But then never went anywhere. There's, mm. there's an Invisible Man character from the first film comes back. And at the start of the film, he's pretending to have a girlfriend. An invisible girlfriend. Right. So, and then he's doing all the things like he's holding two glasses. Obviously, you can't see. You just see two. And they're chinking <laughs> them together. Oh, honey. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it could have been really good. They could have done the joke at the end where she does actually exist. Yeah. But they just didn't do anything. Okay. So it's just a bit of fun at the start about him pretending to have a girlfriend. But... That goes nowhere. Uh, at one point, there's a big fat mummy that's wrapped up in bandages. At one point, the bandage gets caught on something and he unravels. And it just goes a little bit thinner. But they could have done more jokes. Okay. They could have done loads of stuff. But there's just yeah. loads of missed opportunities. Yeah. Uh, Does it feel just like they're trying to cash in as much as they can on the first one? Because it feels like if you have anything close to a hit of an animated movie, mm-hmm. they will make two or three or straight to DVD or whatever. It doesn't feel like they're just milking it. It's just, it just, just lots of missed opportunities. Okay. Yeah. So it could have been because Penguins in Madagascar was awesome. Yeah. Um, but this was just. So what you're saying is you want to be one of the joke writers on Tale Transylvania Three? Yeah. Yeah. I'm available. <laughs> Give me a call. That'd be cool. Tweet me. <laughs> Send pictures. Are you listening? Uh, so they're the only two I've seen. I'm going to see Spectre tomorrow, but we'll come to that later. Ooh, yeah. Nice little segue. <laughs> it just so happens on Sunday. Yeah, I went to see Spectre. Yeah, no spoilers. Okay. I will have to kill you. <laughs> um, overall, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was good. I think for me, it's not quite as good a movie as Skyfall was. I don't think it's possible. But it is, Skyfall it? for me is honestly up there with the best yeah. James Bond movies I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Skyfall is just incredible. Um, it, it 
follows on a lot of the story from the first three Daniel Craig films. Does it? So there's uh, nods back to Vesper, to... she in it? Please tell me she's in it. Not really, no. Um, there's Judy Dench's M. There's little nods back to her. Mm. There's um, there's Javier Bardem's character. Little nods to him yeah. and stuff like that. So um, it's, it's quite good. And although it's introducing new characters, it feels like it's a continuation of the story. Yeah. For me, I thought it was the perfect blend between a really good story arc, which is some sometimes something that goes missing in a Bond movie, yeah. and really good action set pieces and stuff. And there's a lot of treats in there for like old school Bond fans. Yeah. So I mean, like, there's one particularly good fight sequence, which is all in like an old style train with like the wooden carriages and everything, ah, okay. which yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, the villains are all really good. Uh, the kind of main henchman, I suppose, in this one is Dave Batista, who I was yeah. really excited to see after he played Drax in Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. And he's great in it. Nothing like, goes over my head. I would catch it. <laughs> <laughs> so many great lines. But yeah, it's so it's really good. Um, yeah, I don't think it's quite as good a movie as Skyfall. That having said, it's already broken the box office yeah. record, so it's taken like £41 million. How does it stand up first as a film on its own? Uh, I think it stands up perfectly well, although... I don't think you would enjoy it as much if you hadn't seen the preceding okay. three Daniel Craig films, just because there is a lot of the story arc that's in there. Okay. So like when they go back to um, MI6. It's all blown and, up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's just a, a lot of the other supporting cast get really good screen screen time. Yeah. So Ray finds his M... Uh, is great. Ben Wishaw's cue's excellent in this movie and he gets a lot more to do, which is kind of cool to excellent. see. Uh, Money Penny's in there. Yeah, so it's... Um, I really enjoyed it. I think the one or two things that let it down, uh, without giving spoilers away, the... I would have wanted to see more stuff with the actual Spectre organisation. Right. And the people at the top of that. I would have loved to see some more scenes with that and develop that a little bit more but I'm kind of hoping that will actually fall into future films yeah hopefully um and also there was one character how oh, was his name is it Andrew Scott or Adam Scott that's Andrew in Scott, yeah uh, Sherlock Sherlock really didn't like his character no he's too obvious um I don't really want to say any more than that, but I just, I didn't, I didn't like the way he acted it and I didn't like what his character said the whole time. It, it was just, that, that was the only real thing that kind of annoyed me. Okay. It, it builds up. So it feels, to me, it felt like the first half of it was actually quite slow, but that's fine because the second half of it really ramps it up. Yeah. So you kind of feel like that's the reward for sitting through all the story stuff. We, <laughs> not, I mean, that, that sounds like it's boring. It's not, but it's just, you think, oh, it's not quite as well paced as Skyfall or Casino Royale yeah. or something like that was. But when the kind of payoff comes in the third act, that um, that makes all the exposition and story arc and character development from the start of the film worth it, right. I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah. How's the theme work? it's okay I quite like the opening titles although it kind of feels a bit like the girl with the dragon tattoo the remake where it's like there's a lot of octopus porn in the opening titles <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, the song's fine. Like, it does the job. It's just nowhere near as good as Skyfall. I think, actually, the the song might kind of be a bit of a metaphor for how this whole thing is compared to Skyfall. Because it's yeah. like, it's 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 good, just not quite at that level. Okay. Um, it works perfectly well in the in the construct of the movie as well. Um, and the opening, the whole opening scene, you know how like the Bond opening scene is always a big thing, yeah. is set in Mexico during the Day of the Dead. Uh, and that's yeah, yeah. excellent, like really good. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend it. If you're a Bond fan, you won't be disappointed. It, and it's a very satisfying continuation to me of the story arc that they've kind of had going through the last three films. Marvelous. So I would definitely recommend it. Excellent. Uh, other films quickly that I've seen um, the two big multiplex ones that I saw recently one was the Disney film Inside Out any good? I really really enjoyed it yeah, yeah. I think it's quite it held it up with the rest of the Pixar? I think it's one of the best ones they've probably done since Up really? I'd say that or I really like Brave I think it's kind of up oh I was sitting on a train the other day and the girl sitting opposite me looked exactly like Meredith. Really? <laughs> and she had a name tag on her work badge and her name was Meredith. Wow, no way. Like, That's crazy. What is going on here? <laughs> um, so it's a story about this young girl and her emotions are mm. in her head yeah. and they all perform different um, functions. functions and parts of her memory cycle and stuff like that. And it's, it's a really interesting and clever way of looking at uh, emotional development and growth through children as they grow up and how they form memories and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I, I find it really moving. Like, I've, I was quite close to tears at the end of it. It's it's a very, very poignant piece of work. Yeah. I think certainly the, the most emotionally I've been engaged since Up in one of the Disney yeah, movies. Yeah, they didn't kill someone at the start. Yeah. Like they didn't Up. <laughs> um, but I, I would totally recommend it. I think the voice acting as well is completely spot on. So you've got Amy Poehler from Parks and Recreation and a lot of other stuff who plays Joy, who's mm. the emotion of happiness and everything. Yeah. And then I can't remember the woman's name, which is annoying, but the woman who plays Sadness is fantastic in it. The guy that plays Anger is like this <laughs> Jewish comedian. So he's like, Wah! like the whole time it's really good. Um, Mindy Kaling plays... She envy. I can't quite remember what the ones are. And then um, Bill Hader uh, plays Fear, I think, and he's just perfectly cast. Yeah. They're they're all really well done. Um, and there's loads of like really nice nods to like kind of family life. So the emotions it will sometimes go into the head of the her parents. Oh yes, and yeah. like basically all of the dad's emotions are watching sports on the TV <laughs> the whole time. And then it's like, uh oh, the mother asked a question, kind of thing. And then he has Rewind. to try and, yeah, <laughs> um, which is very clever. So, yeah, I would totally, totally recommend Inside Out. I thought it was excellent. Um, and also, I saw Legend, Tom Hardy movie. Oh, Tom Hardy. The craze. And Tom Hardy. Yeah. How is it? I really enjoyed it. It's good. I think, in terms of an acting performance, it's better than an overall film. I think the film could have done a bit better in trying to tell the story. But what his- about the join? It's flawless. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah, it's really well done. And just an amazing acting performance when you consider that Tom Hardy was one character in the morning filming one half of the scene mm. and then the other brother in the same scene yeah. later on in the afternoon. So, And they're both completely distinct, like those two characters. Really? They're very, yeah. Um, aside from the fact that one of them wears glasses, which kind of helps you immediately in a scene. Yeah. 
as soon as one of them starts talking, you know exactly which one it is. Um, Does he do his baiting voice? No, sadly. Not. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. Um, but it's it's a very good film. It just it's more in terms of like the acting. It's very very good. Okay. As a period piece, it looks really good and um, definitely worth checking out. Nice. Um, and then also as well, just really quickly, I was at, it was London Film Festival. Yes. Last week, so I booked a bunch of tickets to go and see stuff. Um, so the three films that I went to see, I would recommend all of them, but they're not necessarily, they're going to get big cinematic releases yeah. or they might be on Netflix or something. So the first one I saw was called Don't Think I've Forgotten, Cambodia's Lost Rock and Roll, which was a documentary about the rock and roll scene in Cambodia in the 1960s and 70s and basically how it was obliterated because of the Pol Pot regime yeah. during the Cambodian genocide. Was it you that told me about this before? I might have done. Someone was telling me about it. I can't remember who. Um... But it was really good. Yeah. It's just, it's really interesting and in like how much they were influenced by the Western music that was brought over by the American soldiers using Cambodia as a base before they went into Vietnam. Uh, okay. So yeah. that's how a lot of them learned to play like, you know, Cliff Richard records nice. or like the Beatles yeah. or um, Jimi Hendrix and all that kind of thing. And it was just basically how it developed and it was very interesting and the music in it's incredible. So I totally recommend that. Uh, also, another film that I saw was Louis Theroux's first feature-length mm. documentary, which is called My Scientology Movie, which is fascinating is and it? scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was cool as well because at the the showing we went to, he turned up to do a Q and A oh, with his production okay. team at the end. So it was really interesting because he's very honest and articulate in how he answers questions. So, yeah. Um, I just it's really good because it doesn't feel voyeuristic, but it, it's just a fascinating insight to the culture. Yeah. Not just of Scientology as a religion, but like that kind of like oppressive regime to bring it. Yeah. I call back to earlier on of when people, that is their entire world. And then when they try and come out of that, it's, just, it's quite, quite sad in places as yeah. well. Like quite challenging viewing and um, very funny as well. I mean, it's got the traditional kind of like Lou through sarcastic British... Do you realise you're mad? Just <laughs> <laughs> on stuff. Um, I think the thing is as well, because like, I, I, I love the Louis through documentaries, but yeah. if you go back and see a lot of his earlier work, I think because he was a little bit younger, he tends to push the subject in a way that might not always be fair if the person seems, I don't know, a little bit disconnected from the world yeah. around about them kind of thing. Yeah. But I think as he's gotten older, that side of his you know interviewing technique or whatever has really been honed yeah. so i think he pretty much there's one scene in the film where you feel like that was maybe a little bit off that you asked that but for the rest of it it's just very very thoughtful i thought it's really interesting the style that they use is really similar to a brilliant documentary called the act of killing that came out a few years yeah. ago which is about the indonesian um genocide um against the chinese in the 60s and 70s but it's um as as a style that works really well and it's very funny and quite clever and how they get around the legal loopholes and stuff like nice. that and um, so that's definitely worth checking out when, when it comes out and one final one just to sign off was this film called yakuza apocalypse what? which is as bonkers as it sounds <laughs> and it's by this uh, japanese director called uh takashi miki right who's done a lot of very full-on movies he's quite prolific as well i think he's made about 40 40 movies Jeez. and he's not that old 
Um, so Ishii the Killer is one of his most famous ones. The Audition also is a very famous one. Um, but this is his latest one and it is nuts. Like I've <laughs> I've never seen a film with as little a story arc <laughs> in it. Like it starts off very coherent. Yeah. You know exactly what's happening. Basically it's about certain members of the vamp certain members of the Yakuza, so like the kind of like yeah, mafia, uh, gangs, yeah. mafia from, from Japan. Um some of them are vampires. <laughs> and um yeah, I, d- I don't even know where to begin talking <laughs> about this movie. A mafia boss is killed near the start, who's a Yakuza, forces one of his prodigies to drink his blood, turning him into a vampire, who then starts unintentionally setting the whole neighbourhood off into becoming vampires. Right. So then there's no need for the Yakuza. And then, like, there are these other creatures that come from different dimensions to try and kill off the vampires. Right. And it's just, it's so bonkers. There's, like, a guy who's, like, half a bird, so he's got like a beak um, and it, he like slivers out the side of it and start, it's just really odd. And then when the main bad guy comes, it's like a frog in like a, like a dressing up kid's outfit. Right. Um, but he can like kill people with one stare. <laughs> it is completely <laughs> insane. And it just ramps up and ramps up and ramps up till they're like, it goes like full blown anime stupid and right. like how they're fighting each other. And then the movie just ends. Nice. It's, it's brilliant. It's, <laughs> so if you want to watch something where you've literally never seen anything like it before, totally watch Yakuza Apocalypse. It is bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of a nice. long roundup of all the stuff I've seen <laughs> in the last month. So let's hit some news. Yes. So we start with Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the final trailer's just come out. It looks. Well, I was a bit disappointed. Really? Yeah. How so? I watched it and I thought, I just thought... I don't know what's going on. I want to, I want to see more about what's going on. Where's Luke? Oh, that's why I think it's so clever. Uh, like there's no, and I've not really, because a lot of other websites and stuff like that have done like trailer breakdown and yeah. here's this fan theory. Not interested. I no. just want to see the film now. Yeah. I've seen enough as I want to, to tempt me in that it's not going to be yeah. dreadful. <laughs> um, I'm so excited for it now. Oh, I want it oh, now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I've managed to somehow book tickets to see it at the IMAX in ah. 3D the day it comes out. It's not in 3D, is it? The day, well, it's being shown in 3D, IMAX 3D. I didn't yeah. know it was 3D. Um, but the showing's at two o'clock in the morning. Oh. So. <laughs> but at least I'll see it on the day Ooh. it's released. So well, I couldn't do that because I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited. Um but yeah, it looks amazing. I think it's really cool. Like, I think it looks like these aren't spoilers, but um, oh, we haven't seen it yet. The girl at the start, I think, has got to be Han and Leia's yeah. daughter. Yeah. surely. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with John Vega's character. Did you see the the video that went viral? Of yeah, him, of him watching the trailer <laughs> I for the first that was time. So bizarre! It's like you've been in, you know everything about the film. No, nah, but they won't see. They won't have seen all the graphics and yeah. all the other parts of the story. True. And I'm sure they would have done that on purpose so that you can't leak yeah. what the story is. Yeah. So, um, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> We've only got about a month, month and a half to wait. It's yeah. like six, five, six weeks. 18th of December, is it? That, yeah, that's what yeah, I can see. Yeah. 18th of December. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, staying kind of like uh, interplanetary yeah. news. Um, apparently, it's just been announced that there's going to be a new TV series of Star Trek. Yes, that's what I was going to talk about. Are they going to go with the f- new film version or carry on with the old TV series? 
I don't know. I'd be interested to see. I mean, there's because it's an infinite universe. Yeah. So I, I'd quite like to see them go in a, in a different direction again because a lot of the obviously everybody knows the original TV series, which yeah. is kind of what the new movies have been yeah. based on. Yeah. But actually, growing up, I watched more Next Generation than I yeah. did original yeah. series, and I loved Next Generation. Number I one, it was make great. it so. <laughs> T. Earl Grey. Hot. And I never watched. Um, actually, what? have you watched any of the Star Trek Next Generation recently? No. Oh. Is that a little bit dated? Oh, the acting. Okay. <laughs> the acting. I was like, oh, this, this is actually this is actually a bit bad. I'm still just overjoyed by the fact that Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machines in a number of episodes. Is he? He's like a massive Star Trek nerd. Yeah. Like huge. So he's in a couple... If you just... If you check on YouTube, Tom Morello Star Trek, you'll see he's in quite a few episodes. How old is he? Mm, I don't know. Late 20s, early 30s. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's worth seeing. Um, But yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to see them take an entirely different group of people and generation and stuff yeah. I don't think I'd want to see a TV series based around well maybe I'm wrong because I think you know with the original TV series it started on TV yeah. then they went to the films and that's yeah. what made them all film stars Yeah. whereas with this it's the other way around like they've made the movies yeah. would you downgrade to a TV series and I don't know if they would unless your writing was like spot on yeah. and they made like say like 13 episodes that are just breathtaking Yeah. but I don't know Wait and see. Wait and see. We could see like some maybe from the Klingons' point of view. Yeah, that'd be interesting. It would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just uh, a couple of other quick bits of news. One is that apparently Ocean's Eleven is getting a reboot. What? A reboot with an all-female cast to be led by Sandra Bullock. But we've already had that movie twice. Again. We don't yeah. give us news stories. I haven't been done before. I think that's my biggest bugbear about it because a lot of people, again, have been saying like, oh, what's the need for an all-female cast of doing stuff? And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm all for all-female cast, but like, just give them new material. Yeah. Like, don't keep bringing back all these old films, which Ocean's Eleven is one of my favourite films. And I'm like, I don't know how you would do it differently only, you know, 15 years later with yeah. an all-female cast. I'm like, you're just retreading old ground. Exa- it's and it's going to be the exact time. same people that are going to be cast in it. Yeah. So there'll be like Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Sandra Bullock, like all these people that are in Emma Stone, like all these people that are in every movie at the moment, yep. rather than trying to find new stories to tell, new casts. I don't even mind, because the thing is, I don't mind if you see a movie and you're like, that oh, was kind of like Ocean's Eleven, but like with an all-female cast. Yeah. But the fact that the studios are coming out to say, oh, we're rebooting Ocean's Eleven. Guess what? All-female cast. Just really bugs me. <sighs> We'll get there one day. <laughs> uh, have you seen the list of new films coming out from Pixar? No. So we've got Toy Story 4. Yeah. Been announced. Uh, Incredibles 2. Excellent. That's not before time. And I can't remember the rest. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some good ones coming out. But they're not very good at doing sequels apart from Toy Story. Like Cars 2 is rubbish. I haven't seen Cars. The Cars is great. Cars 2, no. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have Michael Caine in it. Which is always good. Always good. Uh, yeah, they've got planes, which is rubbish. I haven't seen that. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, Did these get major cinematic releases? Yeah. Okay, because I don't remember them at all. So there's, yeah, there's a few films going up from Pixar. Uh, what else was there on my list? This isn't a film, but have you seen the new Spielberg, Tom Hanks collaboration? Bridge of Spies? No. 
TV series called oh, right. The Mighty Eighth. Oh, right. No, I haven't seen anything it's about that. It's basically saving um, Band of Brothers, but with B-17s. Oh. So Band of Brothers mixed with Memphis Bill. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I saw the trailer for it. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Band of Brothers is amazing. Yeah. That was like... 15 years ago. Yeah, it's a yeah. long time ago. Because it was, it was basically on the success of Private oh, Ryan. Yeah. That's when they started putting it into production. Have you seen the specific one? I haven't actually. Oh, I quite wanted to. I, it's meant to be really good as well. Yeah. The cast for it was meant to be quite good as well. Yeah. It, uh, Joe Mazzalo, who played Tim in Jurassic Park, the little boy, <laughs> that I was really excited to see. Is he still going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still yeah. doing a lot of acting, a lot of indie stuff. And He's all that left kind of us. He's left us. But that's not <laughs> what I'm going to do. It's actually Lex that says that. Yeah, not Tim, it. But. <laughs> I can't remember a single word he says. I threw up. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I, I won't tell anyone you threw up. That's Should we just sit and quote Jurassic Park for the rest of the podcast? Only if you want to be a clever girl. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. We can put all our funding into that. Spared no expense. <laughs> that was laboured. I apologise. Oh, this is just going to turn into chaos theory. Shall we end it now before it goes anywhere? <laughs> oh, we've got to get off this island. Um, <laughs> so that's it for this Stop. week's episode of the Movie Digest. I've been Jake Key. And I've been Finn. I'm trying to go another drink of that. Right, see you later. Bye. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you want to listen to some more podcasts that I do, go and check out my website, jamesquinton.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Or come and see me do some stand up. That would be nice. There should be a gig list on the website as well. Thanks. <laughs>